0: what's up guys it's chasing championships here it's Skyler and shane as per usual hey how's it going guys all right so i mean it's it's a light light week Very as light. far as news goes i mean i don't have much of anything to talk about um one thing i do want to bring up was arthur Millette took the social media to call out the front office really um i mean to be honest I mean, I took it as a shot to the front office. I can't remember exactly what he said. Mm-hmm. But by the looks of it, it looked like he felt disrespected by the organization. Maybe he wanted more money. Mm. But, dude, you are a slot cornerback. Mm. And you primarily came out during our dime package. It, right. I'm sorry. If you want starter-level money, you got to play like a starter. That's the truth. I mean, we really only signed him to replace Mike Hilton, who departed in free agency two years ago, and to be honest, he's no Mike Hilton. Oh, hell no. Mike Hilton was outstanding. Yeah. I mean, I'm still salty that he's with a division rival, but I will also be man enough to admit that he is one of the best slot cornerbacks in the NFL, easily. Oh, yeah. Especially blitzing off the slot. That's the truth. Um, so, moving on from that, we have Le'Veon Bell yeah. coming out and saying that he regrets not signing a deal with the Steelers and that it was petty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a few, a few years too late there, bro. And its I, I feel that. I mean, it's... I'm, lo-
1: still, I, I'm still salty about it. I, he, we needed him and he held that. I understand it's for money and all that bullshit. But still, he's a Steeler. Come on.
0: Yeah, i I understand, and I know he has a sour taste in a lot of Steeler fans' mouths for that exact reason. I understand that. But you know what? He didn't take to. He didn't do what Antonio Brown did and drag the organization and our Hall of Fame quarterback through the mud. No,
1: that's true. But still, I'm still salty about it. We when we needed him the most, he just wasn't there. But, I mean, you wouldn't see that from Franco Harris.
0: Yeah, but it's
1: and hell, he got paid half—not not even a quarter of amount what, what what Dingus wanted.
0: Yeah, and I mean, one thing I'm definitely going to applaud Le'Veon for is he also went and said, "I messed up. I should have signed with them."
1: Yeah, would have, should have, could have. Sorry, bro. That's how, that's life.
0: And I mean, he did say that you know, in especially in New York, they didn't have a lot of talent. But he also did say if they had a coach like Mike T, they very well could have had a winning record, which I agree with. Mike You're Tomlin right. is top five coach in the NFL, oh, yeah. and he's a top 10 coach in NFL history, mm-hmm. easily. Easily. He's the most consistent coach we have ever seen next to Bill Belichick and Landry. Yep. That is the truth. Um, I mean, moving on from that, uh, George Pickens did say that he felt that he was snubbed from the Pro Bowl. Which, I I love the do- dog mentality from him. I love it. Because as far as highlight plays go, he was a human high r- highlight reel right. all year. Right. I mean, he made so many either one-handed snags or sideline grabs or one-jump balls, whatever it was. And he, he was a human highlight reel. The problem is, is we did not get him the ball.
1: As much as of,
0: much as we should have, especially had, in we the had,
1: we had problems in offense. Though you got to remember, we had a lot of problems. We didn't wake up until halfway through the season. So you yeah, he can't expect to be a Pro Bowler when your team is for half the season.
0: Yeah, but I love the dog mentality, and I don't think it's yeah. And I, I, I think he needs just
1: uh, if he comes out this year and kicks some serious ass. I think he will make it. I really do.
0: Oh I, 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 I see ha-
1: I see him over Daunt any day. <laughs> I see him making a
0: significant jump in year two.
1: He's gonna he's gonna do some things. If if this if this offense works out the way it's looking, he's gonna have significant He's gonna be He's he, gonna be he's gonna be a Pro Bowl candidate, I think, if he if he gets what I'm thinking, what happens to this offense. He's,
0: he's gonna be our deep threat. Yeah, yeah i mean tay we all know what his what his strong suit is and that his route running yes people knock his hands but at the same time he does have one of the lowest drop rates in the nfl it's true it, the, the thing is the Steelers fans are very hard oh yeah, yeah they are so hard on their team it's not even funny and then of course Allen robinson in the slot taking heat off of both of them that's a that's a diamond in the
1: rough dude I still can't
0: believe we got that. Alan Robinson, I, I, I feel he's still one of the better receivers in the NFL. Has mm-hmm. he probably lost a step? Yes. But he's a smart, savvy veteran mm-hmm. who's played in a number of systems. He's a great run, route runner. He's a great uh, slot receiver. I mean, we've seen it with other teams. Right. And, you know, the Rams, I feel like that was just a product of just a poor season by the Rams. Yeah. Moving on from that, uh, did you hear about KJ Wright's comments on mm-hmm. Russell Wilson? No. So, a former uh, both of them are former teammates with the Seattle Seahawks. They played for I think it was eight or nine, they played eight or nine years together. Mm-hmm. And KJ Wright came out and said that Russell Wilson's legacy is on the line this season, oh. and that if Russell Wilson does play. Doesn't play up to par this season, then this uh, Seattle-Denver trade could go down as one of the biggest steals in history. All right. uh, I agree, 100%. Uh, Russell Wilson's legacy is on the line this year. Oh yeah, especially with a top-tier coach like Sean Payton coming to town. Mm-hmm. He's got some great offensive talent as far as his receiver core goes. He's got Jerry Judy, who's a great route runner. He's got Cortland Sutton, who is an athletic freak. Uh, what's his name? Javante Williams in the backfield, who was a budding super, uh, budding star before he got hurt. And then he also has one of the better defenses in the NFL. If he can't win this season, his legacy is definitely in trouble.
1: Right.
0: And I, as of right now, I. I agree with the Russell Wilson trade being one of the biggest steals in NFL history. Right, oh yeah. I mean, Seattle was expected to go like 5-12 and 12 this season, and they made the postseason, and they got even better.
1: Yep.
0: So, I agree 100% with the comments, um, and, you know, who knows, maybe these comments from a former teammate is enough, is enough to ignite the fire that's hopefully still burning in Russell Wilson.
1: Right. I'm, I'd like to
0: see it. I think there's still a lot more gas in the tank for him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so closing out football, and I just barely saw this. I'm thinking we'll do uh, – it's it's another NFL.com analysis, and it's the NFL's most underappreciated players in the AFC. We'll do the NFC next week. All right. Um, this is an article written by Cynthia Freeland, who's an NFL uh, analytics expert. And let's start off right here. Uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, it is right tackle Morgan Moses, who makes five million dollars a year at right tackle, which is twenty-first. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree with it a hundred percent. The Ravens consistently have one of the better O-lines in the NFL, regardless of who they lose and who they resign, or regardless of if, if somebody gets hurt. Their backups are usually ready to step up to the plate. Right. Uh, following that, we have the Buffalo Bills safety Micah Hyde, who makes $9.6 million a year, which is 15th among safeties. You know, I agree 100%. Micah Hyde is one of the best defensive backs in the NFL. And you know what? He was a budding star back in his days in Green Bay. And I feel like he really hit the stride of his career after he got to Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a very versatile player. He can return kicks. He can guard slot receivers he can cover tight ends he can be a deep third safety he can cover half the field he is one of the most versatile safeties in the nfl uh following that for the cincinnati Bengals, we have wide receiver t higgins who makes 2.17 million he's on his rookie contract still which is 84th amongst receivers
1: hey you know what he did really good for me in my fantasy league he was he was top notch I you know he got I
0: heard a couple
1: couple weeks out of thing, but he was a solid. I would I would count twenty thirty points on him.
0: I I agree. He's, T. Higgins is he's good. He's he's an underrated. He's a very good receiver, and it helps that he's got Jamar Chase mm-hmm. taking coverage off of him, mm-hmm. and then he also has another veteran Boyd. receiver in Tyler Boyd who's mm-hmm. also taking coverage off of him. Yep. And I mean, it's before they even what was it before they even drafted Jamar Chase. He was a really good receiver his mm-hmm. rookie year. Oh, yeah. Following that, uh, for the Cleveland Browns, we have center Ethan Pochick. Um, He makes 10th among centers. I don't know. Truth be told, I mean, the Browns' strength has always been their offensive line. So I feel like this position could have maybe gone elsewhere, like, you know, maybe in the cornerback position with either Denzel Ward. Well, no, not Denzel Ward because he's one of the top paid corners in the league. You know? But maybe going like with Greg Newsome or somebody who really butted into a star. Right. I don't. I don't agree with it. Uh, for the Denver Broncos, we have right guard Quinn Miners. Uh, he makes 39th amongst right guards, and he's still on his rookie contract. I don't know how we feel about this either. Just because the Broncos' offensive line last year was not good. No. Collectively, it was not good, and it could be a, It could be either they were. They weren't meshing with Russ Wilson's play style. It could be Nathaniel Hackett's plays that he was calling. But that offensive line was not good. And yet again, I really feel like this could have gone to a different position. Namely like, um, what's his name? Patrick Sertan II. Mm-hmm. Who is, he's probably one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL now. Right. Easily. Or you could go somewhere in the secondary. Heck, you could maybe even go with, you know the running back position when healthy or even the receiver position where you have jerry judy and Cortland sutton who i i think would be better suited for jerry judy now that now that that i think about it right following that we have nico collins wide receiver of the houston texans i agree with this um he makes 1.22 million he's on his rookie contract 144th amongst receivers Um, There's no denying that the Houston Texans are still hurting for talent on the offensive side of the football. But I will say Nico Collins was, he was a nice little grab to get if you needed to get through the bye week as far as fantasy goes. And I really feel like his career is just starting. He very well could develop into a very solid number two or heck, even a number one receiver just based off the flashes that I've seen from him. Um, next, we have Isaiah Rodgers, uh, cornerback of the Indianapolis Colts. He makes 301st amongst cornerbacks in the league, which is $860,000. He was a 2026 round pick, and he has allowed less than 6.7 yards per target over the past two seasons. I agree 100%. Yeah. There's some play uh, as far as his play goes; it has been outstanding. He has one of the best grades amongst NFL corners. Uh, from football focused, 82.1, which is uh, fifth best. Damn. Next for the Jacksonville Jaguars, we have wide receiver Calvin Ridley, um, who right now is still on his rookie contract, making $2.73 million, which is 75th amongst receivers. You know what? I agree with it. You know, I feel like them sending a second round pick to the Falcons for him really could be what trevor lawrence and that offense needs and if he plays even close to how well he played in atlanta that jacksonville offense is going to be something to deal with right and i feel like it's already going to be something to deal with this next year with doug peterson and trevor lawrence furthering their relationship um next for the kansas city chiefs we have linebacker nick bolton um, who was, I, think, I believe, a second-round pick back in 2021. Uh, he's currently making $1.46 million, which is 72nd or la- uh, among linebackers. And I agree 100%. His play in the Super Bowl is solely why the Chiefs were able to come back. He had a fumble recovery, I believe, returned for a touchdown. And then he damn near had another fumble recovery, return for a touchdown in the same game, had it not gotten called back. All right. I agree 100%. He is very underrated and he deserves more love. Next for the Las Vegas Raiders, we have Jacoby Myers. Hmm. You know what? Jacoby Myers was one of the best receivers the Patriots have had for the past three years. He was a solid
1: little guy. Not too bad at all.
0: And I mean, yeah, he's making a modest $11 million per year, but that is 26th amongst receivers. And that's, you know, if you think about it, when he was playing in New England, he was their number one receiver. And, I mean, he's his route running is great. The only issue that I have, his production is usually really good. The only knock that I really have on him is he rarely finds the end zone. Right. He has, I think it's like three or four total touchdowns through his NFL career. And we're in year, I think it's like four or five. Next, we have Michael Davis, cornerback for the Los Angeles Chargers. He's currently making $8.4 million, which is 24th amongst cornerbacks. And I agree with this simply because last year, he really got thrown into the fire because of injuries, and he played really well as far as corners go. The only problem is, is the rest of the team really couldn't follow behind him. Um... Following that, for the Miami Dolphins, we have defensive end. Zach Sealer, um, I didn't see a lot of him according to the stats here. Um, weeks 1 through 12, he had 13 total pressures, but in weeks 13 through 18, he doubled that. He had 26 pressures over a six week span, which those are, you know, TJ Watt or mm-hmm. top pass rusher type of numbers. Right. Um, following that, for the New England Patriots, we have safety Kyle Duggar, who's making two point eight zero eight million dollars rookie contract. He's 56th The safeties. I agree hundred percent. The Patriots just have a knack for drafting and develop drafting, or signing and developing defensive backs. That's true. They have had so many good defensive backs in in the past. Following that, we have cornerback DJ Reed of the New York Jets. Uh, he's making $11 million, which is 17th amongst cornerbacks. I agree with it. You know, that secondary for New York was really good last year. Between DJ Reed and uh, Sauce Gardner, they really had a no-fly zone going as far as their outside corners go. All right. Ah, uh, we're getting to the Steelers here. All right. All right. Pat Fryermuth who's making $1.51 million, 47th amongst tight ends, and he's still on his rookie contract. I agree, Uh, especially throughout the season. I mean, week one, he was a security blanket for Mitch Trubisky, and then throughout the rest of the year, he really developed into a security blanket for Kenny Pickett. It really looked like a kind of relationship that Ben had with Heath Miller throughout his career, where if kenny was in trouble he was usually finding pat fryermuth to get him out of that jam not to mention he's big he's got hands right. he's not scared to run somebody over and you know his speed is sneaky as well yeah. i i agree 100 percent. pat yeah. fryermuth i i feel within the next couple of years he is going to become a superstar at the tight end position yep. very very similar to Travis be a
1: household name he will. These he, he is awesome.
0: He will be a household name with the market with the uh likes of Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller. The Gons. I mean Damn.
1: All those guys. And don't forget Heath. Come well, on. Yeah. Uh, Heath. There's mm-hmm. nobody better than Heath.
0: So and, I mean, we're already – he's already a fan favorite. He mm-hmm. catches the ball. You can hear him go, moo. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, closing out with the Tennessee Titans, we have Chigazine Anquil. Okay. If I butchered that, I'm so sorry. Uh, plays tight end. Um, makes $1.04 million a year still on his rookie deal, and that's 81st amongst tight ends. Um He recorded 2.9 receiving yards per route, the most by a rookie in the next-gen stats era. And then he also netted 79 receiving yards over expected when facing zone coverage. So that tells me he's very good at finding his soft spot in a zone and then sitting there to be a security blanket. I feel with better quarterback play. He definitely could um, become not a household name at tight end, but a very consistent tight end. that's it as far as I've got for football. How about you? That's
1: a bit about all I got.
0: Um. So moving on to Yankee news, we're getting some boys back. Got the boys back. Uh, well, we lost one with an injury.
1: Had oh Bader. yeah, Rizzo, huh? Rizzo and Bader both. Oh. But uh, Rizzo should be back. I mean, it's not a not a major. Bader's a little bit more concerning. He got a hamstring injury. But like you were saying, we're getting some guys back to kind of help even out the load and guess who they are
0: uh we've got Giancarlo coming back mm-hmm. and then we've also got donaldson mm-hmm. and then it's a pitcher right yeah oh, what's come on name? you know it <laughs>
1: I, I i can't tommy boy come on jeez. Yeah. yeah Calais is coming back anyway oh, i hope I, I i never can say names i just know him by tommy boy i just call him tommy boy anyway yeah he's coming back so that's gonna be good that's good news there um We've had a. Here's another little thing. Last last week we bidded, uh Aaron Hicks farewell. Mm-hmm. Hate to see him go, but he's a good. He was a good player back in the day, but he was really struggling. Well, he just signed. Guess who? Who? Baltimore Orioles. Oh wow. Yeah. So there's still gas in the tank. There could be a little bit of uh, animosity towards us because they the you know of course the Bronx doesn't put up with shitty players. If you're playing shitty, they'll let you know it. Yeah. And so that could be his initiative to say, hey, look at me. I can come back and I'm going to mm-hmm. whip your ass type thing. So it could come back and bite us in the butt. We don't know. We'll see.
0: Yeah. Which, speaking of the Orioles, we are now only two games behind them in the division I told standings. You.
1: I told you. And you know what?
0: By Father's Day, first, definitely second. I mean, the, the this next run that we have... Is going to be, it's going to be very, very important toward it. Yeah. Um, simply, we play the Dodgers. We play the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. No, we're playing them at
1: home. We are. I thought you're we playing them at Dodger Stadium. They're going to the West Coast, dude. No, no, we were just on the West Coast. We were just on the West Coast. I thought I could have. Yeah, because the Mariners. Did series. I look at that wrong? Maybe I looked at it wrong. I thought it was a Dodger Stadium. Mm, let's well, see. Let's see. Hold on. I could be wrong. I've been known to be wrong all the time. Let's see.
0: Oh, it's at. Never mind. It's in, it's in it's in LA. Yeah. So like we have a two game, three game series
1: against LA. We have a lot of things good going for us. One, there's a huge controversy going on over there about those sisters. That you, there's a lot of things the pitchers there are not happy with them collecting an award at Dodger Stadium. So there's a lot of <laughs> things going on that could get in the minds of these Dodgers that could help us out. Yeah. So that that's that's a silver lining. Thanks to those. I don't know. I I, I, don't, I, know. I don't want to offend anybody, but uh, yeah, whatever, whatever they identify as, great.
0: Bottom Just, bottom mm-hmm. line. Your help uh, tail your help feathers, the Yankees. <laughs> tail feathers have been ruffled in Los Angeles, yep. and it could help the
1: Yankees. Yep. Bottom line, that's all it is.
0: So I, I, I like that. Um, like I said, it's a four-game, isn't it? Three-game series. Game? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then following that, we host the White Sox in a in a three-game series, mm-hmm. and then we host Boston in a three-game
1: series. The bottom of the pile. So, like I say, we very well. The the thing is, is, Dodgers hit and miss, hot and cold. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm I'm interested to see
0: how things are going to work out with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I mean the Yankees are looking. They're decent. We're ten games over 500. Um, we right. currently have a three and a half game lead over Toronto in the division. And you know what? We still have one of the best records in major league baseball we have the fourth best record in baseball right right
1: but like i say dodgers are going to be our stepping stone if we don't get past those guys it's going to be a little rough because mm-hmm. they are sitting the same i mean identical win loss except i think they got one, they have less, one less loss, loss than yeah. us so that being said and if we can pull out those three games, White Sox, we should be able to pull that out. Boston, we should be able to pull that one out, too.
0: Yep, and then following that, we have a two-game series for the Subway Series.
1: Mm-hmm. That one will be a little difficult because then, the Mets are waking up.
0: And then Father's Day weekend, we travel to Boston. <laughs> yeah. Um, taking the mound tomorrow, we have Sevy playing against Kershaw. Really? I thought it was yep. cool. It's Sevy tomorrow. And then Cole on Saturday. That's right. That's right. It was good to see Seve back. Mm-hmm. And then it looks like on Sunday it will be Domingo Herman. Herman is back on Sunday night baseball. ESPN, baby. Yep.
1: Yep. They always do that. Never fails. It's a. It's, a, it's like I said. It's a classic. It's a yeah. It's Yankee a matchup of two premier,
0: two premier franchises in Major League
1: Baseball. And they'll probably be doing the Boston one of the Boston games You're mm-hmm. the home or probably both. Like probably the Father's Day is probably this Sunday. If that ends up, that'll probably be an ESPN or I bet. I mean, I can
0: look at it. The 11th, they're playing at 5.10 p.m. Mountain Time. It's loading. Uh, t- 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 yep, it'll be nationally televised. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of what I figured. Yeah, those
1: those games like that, the big ones, the headliners, yeah, they'll hit the ESPN. Yeah.
0: I mean, it looks like we have a three-week stretch where we're playing on Sunday Night Baseball.
1: I'd say I4C. My Father's Day, second place, possibly even first.
0: I could see it. I very
1: well could. Rays are starting to lose lose the momentum. hmm I mean, we're only what five, six games back from. Uh, we're six games back. Yeah, so that's nothing. Uh-huh. So they're starting to they're starting to fade out a little bit, which uh-huh. we I kind of thought that was going to happen. Uh, it's hard I mean, to start out full tilt and go. I mean, you have a hundred and sixty. Well, I mean, Plus it's what games. happened to the
0: Yankees last year. Yeah. I mean, we started the year like we were fired out of a cannon. Yeah. And
1: then we just And then we lost really it. lost yeah. momentum. Yep.
0: Yeah. So
1: we'll see what happens with it. It'll be interesting. Yep. Um,
0: yeah. All right. Well, like we said, it's a very slow week as far as news goes. Probably going to go ahead and wrap it up this week. Yep. Thank you much so much for joining us. As always, go Yankees, go Steelers. Go Yankees, go Steelers.